We're in Psalm, Psalm 29 this morning. Father, we thank you for this morning. Again, we just come to submit to your will. Father, we all have plans in this room. Every single one of us, right now, we have a plan in our head for the day. What we think we're going to do or what we'd like to do, what we hope to do. So, Father, help us to lay aside those plans and to focus on your love letter. We want to hear from you. So, Father, I pray for the gift of teaching and that every heart on this campus will be blessed through your word, that everyone teaching your word would be encouraged and strengthened, that you would be glorified in and through your word this morning. Lord, we just thank you for this time in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, Psalm 29. You know, David is so expressive as he takes a simple thunderstorm and turns it into a song about God's incredible power. You see, mankind, and even our own lifetimes, mankind has been able to create some destructive forces that are very powerful. But when David speaks of God's power, what we have created is nothing in comparison. And so in this psalm, we're going to see that David's focus is upon God's unlimited power. Unlimited. And he really only touches upon a few points of that power. So Psalm 29, verses 1 and 2. Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Oh, you mighty ones, could be in reference to the angels that are residing in heaven. Uh, I personally don't think so, because the angels are worshiping God already. They know how wonderful he is. They know how powerful he is. I personally believe that it's those who have helped David establish his kingdom. You see, that was not an easy feat, and it took men who were strong mentally, as well as physically, spiritually, emotionally. And notice that David says three times, give unto the Lord. You don't have to tell angels, give unto the Lord. They automatically are doing it. They know. They've been there. They see that. But for you and I, we need to hear that. Give unto the Lord. Give unto the Lord. The point, do to his name. Do to his name. You see, God has blessed David's forces with glory and strength, but that ultimately came from God himself. What do you have that you think you got? You got it. You earned it. You made it happen. No, it's God just blessing you momentarily to have it. Because you ain't going to have it for very long. You're going to leave it for somebody else. It's going to be gone and they're going to trash it or do whatever they're going to do with it. So be very, very careful, because David, with those thoughts, says that we should worship the Lord in the beauty of His holiness. You see, I'm definitely, for me personally, I'm definitely nowhere near David's expressiveness. Nowhere near. But I do love to sing, and I think it's so vital to spend time singing praises unto the God of all creation. You know, so many songs verbally express 
what my heart desires to say. But I just haven't been gifted in that way. You see, others have. And even after, think of this, 3,000 years. David is writing 3,000 years ago. Even after 3,000 years, the Holy Spirit is still inspiring people to write new songs that express His glory, His majesty, His presence in our lives. The question is, do we worship God for who He is? Do we worship God for who He is? Now again, as we look at that word worship there, we oftentimes immediately correlate it with singing. And and that's okay, yeah, we can do that. But it's way bigger than that. When we use the word worship around here, I'm thinking in my mind 24-7 Christianity. Because that's what we are to do. We are to worship God in our workplace, via our work. Whether you're a teacher, whether you're in the manufacturing business, whatever it might be, that is your form of worship at that time. How are you doing with that worship? Are you disgruntled? Are you mad? Are you upset? Or are you saying, God, thank you for this job. I, I don't really like it. I don't want to be here forever. But, you know, thank you for it. How can I be a light to those who don't know you? Because that's why God has you there. I hope you realize that. God has you there because he needs someone to show them the light. To be that that Bible that they're not reading. They're reading you. They're watching you. And so you are that light. How's the worship going in your life? 24-7. Not just a few songs on Sunday morning. But 24-7. You see, when I look back and see all the battles that God has brought me through, I should be saying, give the Lord the glory due to his name. He's the one that has brought me through the battles. Do we have such a relationship with the Lord that we can worship Him no matter what era? Now let's bring it back into music. No matter what era the song might have come out of, as these are literally songs. You know, some people get hung up on the song selection. You know, there's not enough hymns. The music's too loud. It's too soft. It's too fast. It's too slow. You know, we get all caught up in this. And I personally, just for me personally, I have learned that it's just best to sing to the Lord, whether I'm doing children's music or special needs music. I'm singing to the Lord first and foremost. And then trying to get the children to incorporate that as well into their lives. You see, we give Him the praise that He so freely deserves. And since I personally have committed to doing that, lifting up my voice to him, no matter what the songs might be, the songs, this is very important, the songs don't become a distraction, but actually do what they're intended to do. You see, no matter, if you're, if you're trying to find a church, if your church, you know, if you're seeking out a church, that's fine and dandy. But if you're seeking out a church that just has great music and that's going to really hype you up, you're missing out. If that's where you want to go, do that. But if that's what, if that's your mentality, you're missing out. It's not about getting hyped up. It's about praising God for what He has done in your life. Not just singing a song or two and then leaving and going, man, that music was so awesome. And then your life is not lived out in Christianity the rest of the week. That's not worship. No, music is just to help us enter into the time of the Word, to get us focused, to help us 
Give God the glory for this past week, good, bad, and different. Whatever it is, God, I just want to thank you for it. And as we're singing the songs, as we're giving him the praise, now our minds, you know, get settled down. It, they get washed a little bit. They get cleansed a little bit. They get us refocused so that when we come to the word, we're ready for the word. So David says again, I just want to read those two verses again. It's so important for you and I. Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord. Notice that. Give, give, give. The glory do His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory, the God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and stripes the strips, stripes the forest bear and his temple and in his temple everyone says glory, glory, God's strength. You see, maybe David was remembering a storm that rolled off the Mediterranean Sea. You see, when you're in the midst of a storm, it can be pretty scary. How scary? Well, let's look at Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Especially if you're in a boat being tossed to and fro. You might even panic. Mark chapter 4. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in a boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. They were on the Sea of Galilee. And all of a sudden, on the Sea of Galilee, this storm whips up, and if you've been to Israel, it's like, it's like the valley lot smaller. You have the Sea of Galilee and it's surrounded by mountains with a few valleys. So when the wind comes in, it comes down fast and hard and it can cause instant storms. Now remember, there's some fishermen in these boats. Fishermen who were born in, in the area and were used to the Sea of Galilee. Verse 38. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. I love it. And they awoke him and said to him, and this is Jesus here, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now these are fishermen. We're going to die. How can you sleep? Wake up. Don't you know what's going on? You see, they didn't realize yet that Jesus was God. And, and I don't blame them. I, it's pretty hard to grasp. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace. Be still. What did he do? He spoke. The voice of the Lord. As we're reading in the psalm. The voice of God. And the winds ceased. And there was a great calm. But Jesus said to his disciples, Why are you so fearful? That's kind of obvious. We all would have been fearful. So Jesus isn't 
trying to put them down. He's trying to make a point. He's teaching, constantly teaching. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? We're going to the other side. I'm with you. We're going to get there. Verse 41, And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be? Who is this? This is, this is crazy. That even the wind and the sea obey him. Guys, this has never happened in their lives. They've been fishermen. This has never ever happened. And all of a sudden, they're, they're thinking they're going to die one moment, and the next moment, it's just water's lapping, nice and easy. Stars probably come out. Just a nice night on the Sea of Galilee. What just happened? Were we really in a storm? No, they knew they were in a storm, and they realized Something's going on here. Somebody special is with us. You see, from the sea, the storm went over the very northeast section of Israel, as we look back into the psalm, which would have been known for the cedars of Lebanon, the cedars of Lebanon. And this area was believed to be a beautiful forest, but it was also, you got to get the picture as David's writing this out, it was also that place where the pagans built their altars to their false gods of the wind, the rain, the lightning, the gods of nature. And God's voice alone, as David is expressing here, God's voice alone destroyed their supposable home for their gods, proving that there's only one true God. It could take us back to Pharaoh and Moses and how they worshiped the God of lice and the God of flies and the God, all these different gods. And God brought the pestilence upon them, the gods they supposedly worshiped, to prove that he was the only one and true God. David is expressing the very same thing. There's only one true God. And again, notice what David says over and over again in those voices, in those uh, verses that I read. The voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord. You see, there is absolute power in the voice of our God. And as we think about this, this is not a new revelation for the Israelites, as I just mentioned with Moses. They believed as well, even prior to that, that God spoke all of creation into being in six days. Do you believe that? Do you, if you're a Bible-believing Christian, believe that God spoke what we have today into being? That seems like a very simple question to ask, but it's a very important question. Because if you truly don't believe that, that's going to play into the rest of your life of how can God take care of my bills? How can God take care of my health? How can God take care of my kids, grandkids? How can God, and all of a sudden the enemy is going to be bringing all these doubts into your mind. How can God, but if you really believe the first words, the first few chapters of Genesis, when you, these things come in, you're going to have those emotions, how can, but then you're going to go back to the facts, oh God can, because God did. If God spoke these things into being, he could sure take care of me. If God parted the Red Sea, then God can take care of me. David is saying, if God can wipe out a forest, he can take care of me. So how about you? You see, David wasn't giving new revelation of God's power. He was just reaffirming that fact. 
How about for you and for me? Are we, are, are you, do we reaffirm that fact? You know, in, in our marriage, most of you have known, my wife was diagnosed with stage 2 breast cancer uh, 10 months ago, about 11 months ago. And I just had to keep reassuring her by going back to the past and, and just saying, Claudia, look what God did. Look what God did. Look what God did. Is God going to take care of you now? Is God going to take care of us now? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's important that you do look back and realize God took care of me then. God will take care of me now. Because God took care of millions and millions and millions of people prior to my existence. So don't put God in a box. But go back to the basics. If God could speak everything I see into being with nothing, he created out of nothing, then he could take care of me. Verse 10, Psalm 29. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood. Notice that. David says, David acknowledges that there was a worldwide flood, not a local flood in that area that wiped out a few animals. No, that there was a worldwide flood. And the Lord sits as king forever. Again, modern science is challenging the Bible. Oh, a a flood. There was never a flood. But yet they won't address all the facts of animals that were in caves in upper elevations. Animals that were found in caves that should never have been together and should never have been in the upper elevation in these caves. They won't acknowledge that. But those are facts. Well, don't confuse me with the facts. I want to believe in science because science is more important to me. Come on. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits as king forever. Guys, notice that. Ever. Forever. Even today. With everything that's going on in Syria, and Korea, and Russia, God is on his throne. He didn't get off his throne and give it to somebody else a few years ago. He's still on his throne. And he has a plan, and he has a purpose. Because David goes on to say, the Lord will give strength to his people. That's you. And maybe this morning, as the men last night, many of them raised their hand. You know, they needed strength. We had different uh, things that came up through the, the Holy Spirit night that, that guys stood up for and that guys asked prayer for. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. That's for you and that's for me. Now, David was a, a man of war. So it might not always be physical peace that we that we really want, but he will give us a more important peace. Uh, we got a slide, the very familiar verses to you, so I just printed out the slide to make it easier. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing. And if you've been watching the news at all, that can cause some anxiety, what's going on in our world today. That North Korea could have a missile that could devastate Phoenix, Arizona. He could drop a nuke on Phoenix, Arizona. He has that capability now. So if you don't know Christ, which a lot of your coworkers don't, when you go to work, they're anxious. If you know Jesus, you're like, okay, I'd like to be at ground zero. That'd be great. I'd be with Jesus. But for them, they're like, I, I, I don't want to die. Why? Because they don't know where they're going. They know there is a God. They just don't know how to approach him. So you and me, since we have that information, it's important that we're there to talk to them after work, 
before work, not during work. You're not paid to evangelize. But that doesn't mean you can't take him to lunch or talk to him afterwards. But Or they just see your walk. But that's why you're there, guys. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Prayer here is praying for the Sunday school. Supplication is maybe praying for the teacher that is teaching your children. So you have prayer, then you have supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. How can you have the peace of God through cancer? How could you have the peace of God through a car accident? How could you have the peace of God through getting laid off? How could you have the peace of God through it? Fill in the blank. How could you have the peace of God? Well, if God spoke the world into being, you can have the peace of God. It may take a few moments or a few days to get there, but you will get there. You just got to stay focused on who God is. How big is your God? And I'm not talking about physical. How big is your God? How big is my God? If he spoke the world into being, yeah, he'll take care of it. He'll take care of Korea. He'll take care of Russia. He'll take care of Israel. He's, he's got a plan. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, all understanding. People will scratch their head and look at you. I cannot understand how you could have peace. How could you have peace through this? Will guard your hearts and minds. Notice that. Your hearts and minds. Your heart is your whole being. That's what that means when it says your heart in the, in the word. Your whole being. Your whole being. And your mind. Through Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus. You see, when we've gone through an emotional or a financial storm, we can look back and see how God brought us through it. We can, he can give us the strength that is needed at that time. We didn't know how he was going to do it, but he did do it. And he will bring us through every storm. Every storm. Even the ones that David is expressing here, a furious storm of tremendous magnitude. Psalm 30. A psalm, a song at the dedication of the house of David. Now, it appears that this psalm might have been written after King David had Joab, one of his top commanders, number the fighting men of Israel. And you'll find the story in First Chronicles chapter 21. This was forbidden to do, according to the law. David had been king for many years now, and there was a relative peace throughout his kingdom. And maybe David got an attitude of pride over what he had accomplished. The enemy found a weakness in David's life. And it cost the whole nation dearly. Because due to David's prideful mistake of numbering the people. Again, which was forbidden by God. 70,000 men died in a plague that God brought upon the nation. At this point in David's life, he should have recognized that it was what God had accomplished through him. Through him. But he fell prey to the enemy of our soul, which for you and I is a good example. We have to guard our own hearts. Psalm 30, verse 1, 2, and 3. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. 
O Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. You know, even though David had made poor choices, God didn't let his enemies overtake him. And as you read the story, you'll understand what I mean there. David had a sensitive heart and it probably felt like he was going to die due to his poor choices. You see, the grave here is Sheol, the Greek equivalent to Hades. And David cried out for mercy, and God healed him from his emotional and mental anguish. Could you imagine having 70,000 people die because of your poor choices? There's a lot of mental anguish going on in his life. Verses 4 and 5. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. David's personal deliverance caused him to encourage others to sing praises with him. You see, David had learned a lesson and he was going to pass that lesson on. God's name is holy And our name means nothing. David was able to see that God's favor had been upon his whole life and that God's anger was but a small portion of his lifespan. David brought sorrow upon himself, but he knew that God would bring him through it. See, he learned, got a slide here. He had learned that God doesn't replace sorrow with joy. This is very important. But God rather transforms our sorrow into joy. Let's leave that slide up there and think that about that for a moment. He had learned that God doesn't replace sorrow with joy, but rather transforms. And there is a difference. Meditate upon that. Write it down. Take a picture of it. Think about it this week. There is a difference. Let's get John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And if you're new to the word, we always, the guys, they, they always do a great job of putting slides up and so you can find the Bible reference. Very important that you learn your Bible. Learn where the books are. John chapter 16 verse 20. Most assuredly I say to you, now this is Jesus on the night before his crucifixion speaking to his disciples. I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. Over what? Over the death of Jesus. Over the crucifixion. Jesus is warning his disciples. They don't get it. They don't understand. But he's letting them know ahead of time what's going to happen. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor having sorrow because her hour has come. I'm sure many of you women can identify with that. (laughs) The pain is really going to get intense here. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, and this has amazed me every time watching my wife give birth to four children naturally uh, with nothing. It's just amazing how strong she is. She no longer remembers the anguish. The baby's born. They put the baby on her breast, on her chest. And, and she just looks at the child and just joy overwhelms. Tears overwhelm. You know, five minutes ago, you're, you're in total anguish. 
And all of a sudden, right now, you're just smiling and, and tears and the doctor's doing his thing on you and you could care less because you're holding a little child. Just, just pure, beautiful, wonderful joy. Has sorrow because her hour has come, but as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow. You have sorrow. But I will see you again. Jesus knew the resurrection, three days. He's told them several times before. They just weren't listening. Every time he mentioned that he was going to the cross, every time, you study your Bible, every time Jesus said, I'm going to the cross, he also said, and the third day he will rise again. As soon as they heard the cross, boom. I, I don't hear the rise again. When you get the bill, boom. I, I don't hear that, that God is God. As soon as you get the bad report, boom. God, there is a God. Guys, you got to remember, God is God. In the midst of whatever you might be going through, God is God. He's going to bring you through that storm. Jesus says, therefore you have, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again. And your heart will rejoice. And your joy no one will take from you. Your joy. And they saw Jesus. They spent time with Jesus. And that's why we're here today. That's why we have the word of God today. Because no one could ever take their joy away. And guys, things will come into your life that will take away the joy, so to speak, of this life. Because it is nice to have joy in this life. But when you learn the difference between joy of this life and joy of eternal life and the joy of God, no one, no one and nothing can ever take that away. There is a difference between the joy of this life and the joy of the Lord. So you have to dive into the word of God. You have to find out what that difference is so that you allow the joy of the Lord to always be your strength. Back in Psalm 30. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now in my prosperity I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by your favor you have made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face and I was troubled. Notice the key right there in verse 6. Pride. Pride. Now in my prosperity, that's why some believe that this has to do with David numbering the soldiers, which was against the law. You hid your face and I was troubled. I cried out to you, O Lord, and to the Lord I made my supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper, David cries out. You see, here we see the beginning and the end of the story. I shall never be moved. Notice this. Verse 6. I shall never be moved. Prideful. Verse 10, the end. Humility. Lord, be my helper. Where are you on that spectrum? You see, God chastens those who he loves and he loves those whom he chastens. They are inseparable. Know that, guys. They are inseparable. Chastening does take place. And that's good. That's good. We need it. No matter how old we are, we need to be chastened. 
You see, David felt very secure in his own little world. He had forgotten that it was God's world. And that he was allowed to have a small portion to oversee. You see, God's mercies, the Bible says, are new every morning. But that doesn't mean that we should push the envelope with our own selfish, prideful ways. We must remain humble before our God. And when we do, we will see the next verse take place. Verses 11 and 12. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to you. Not praise of myself. Praise to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. You see, even in a humble state, we still have times of mourning. Our fleshly desires do not always die so easily. And here we see that David truly repented and his actions by, were by the mourning in sackcloth. And sackcloth is, is like the modern day burlap bag that we use in three-legged races. It's really itchy. And it was worn as a constant reminder of the need for repentance. That's why it says they, they wore burlap. See, God heard David's cry and turned his mourning into dancing. And David once again had a thankful heart because of God's mercy upon his own life. Hebrews 2.18 says this, For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So as we leave that up there and think about the, the psalm here, and as you read First Chronicles chapter 21, you'll see that the enemy came to David and tempted David, the spiritual enemy, Satan, Lucifer, the devil, came to David and tempted David, number the people. David, number the people. David, you're a really strong guy. David, you're king. David, look at your vast power. David, number the people. And Joab, when David made this, asked Joab to go do this, Joab said, David, don't do this. You don't need to do this. This is not, this is not right. This is not of God. And David insisted, no, you go number the people. I am king. I want to know how many warriors are, are of mine. Pride, pride. Even after a lifetime of seeing God's hand deliver him and deliver him, deliver him, pride crept in. What does that tell you and me as possibly older saints? Pride can creep in no matter how old you think you are in the Lord. Be careful. Always point back to God. It's God's. It's all God's. He's given it to me. If he desires to take it away, what does Job say? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, David didn't seek the Lord before, but after. When Job came to him, and maybe this is for somebody here this morning, When a Christian comes to you and maybe says stop or maybe says to you out of love, that's not a good thing you're doing. That's not a good idea that you're doing that. That's really not scriptural. You can either listen to that and thank them or you can stiff arm them and say, get out of my face. I'm going to do what I want to do. Living together is okay. I love her. You can do that. You'll reap the consequences. You'll reap the consequences. You see, God is good and God is reaching out to us. And David, unfortunately, in this case, because the Bible makes it clear, David was a man after God's own heart. 
But in this case, David didn't listen to Joab. David didn't say, well, you know what, Joab, that's, thank you for that. I'm going to go pray about that. The outcome would have been totally different if you would have done that. So maybe somebody is trying to speak into your life and you're just stiff arming them. Or maybe you're doing your daily devotions and the Holy Spirit's talking to you and you're stiff arming the Holy Spirit. Don't do that. The consequences could be very disastrous. Just give in. Repent. It's best to always seek the Lord before. Before. As well as after. Father, we just thank you and praise you for this morning. And Lord, we thank you for these psalms and that David gives us such practical information that we need to deal with in our own lives. Father, we all have to deal with pride. I know for a man, especially men, we can be so prideful. But yet, (laughs) oh, I've known some women that are so prideful, Lord. So Father, this applies to male and female. We can be prideful of our appearance. We can be prideful of our talents. We can be prideful of our career. We can just become so prideful and and sometimes we don't even realize we're prideful. So Lord, if that's, if that's a case this morning in our lives, we want to come before you and just ask for forgiveness and that you'd fill us with your Holy Spirit that we would Take on humility. Even as we see the life of David in his older years making this poor choice. Lord, help us even in our older years as older saints to not make poor choices. But to remain steadfast for our children and for our grandchildren and possibly for our great-grandchildren if you tarry. That they would see That grandpa loves God. Grandma just loves Jesus. Father, we just thank you and praise you for this morning. Fill us with your Holy Spirit afresh and new. Give us wisdom and discernment this week as we go out into our mission field. Help us to be examples of not being anxious. As our co-workers speak of the things that are happening. Help us to... Help them understand that there is a God. And He loves them. And He sent His Son to die for them. That they might have peace eternally. Lord, use us as your ambassadors this week. We just thank you and praise you for this time. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you all stand, guys? God bless you. Pray for the guys coming home. Uh, they have safe travels and uh, appreciate your prayers for us. We're going to go visit my dad who's 98 the next three days. Uh, go spend some time with him. It's been a year since we've been able to get away with Claudia's situation. So we're really looking forward to that. So just pray for travel mercies. It's only supposed to, we're going to Burbank. So I'm thinking, great, we're going to get out of the heat. You know what it's supposed to be tomorrow at Burbank, Monday and Tuesday? 103. Yay, praise the Lord. 105 to 103. What a deal. Thank you, Jesus. Need prayer, guys? Come up. We'd love to pray for you. God bless you. Love so undeniable. Love so 
undeniable I, I can hardly speak peace so unexplainable I I can hardly think and you call me deeper still and you call me deeper still and you call me deeper still into love 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 you're a good good father to you are to you are to you are and I'm loved by you it's who I am it's who I am it's who I am you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and I'm loved by you it's who I am it's who I am it's who I am you're a good good father Amen.